Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today, Erica Arvold. Erica Arvold, I'm pleased to say, is a great friend, although we haven't spoken in quite a while. She is the founder of Arvold, A-R-V-O-L-D, and is a casting director, producer, and uh, am I allowed to say director as well, Erica? You are indeed. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) it's great to hear your voice. Welcome to the show, by the way. This is a treat. Yes, okay. I'm glad it's mutual. Okay. Listen, let me tell you, good night. We'll we'll get to talking and I'll forget to introduce. Erica has been a guest instructor and speaker for over 20 years, sharing insights from a career as a casting director and producer that spans major studio films, television shows, and multimedia projects. Erica has had the honor of collaborating with and serving students and faculty at universities, schools, and acting studios across the country, including the University of Virginia, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Regent University, George Mason University, Longwood University, the Robert Mello Studio, Actors Arsenal, Train Cadence Theater at Virginia Repertory, and the Renaissance School, among others. Erica... I think the last time we talked, you were focusing on uh, the southeast region of the U.S. This was a a new and wonderful development in the age of casting uh, digitally. Are you now returning to a mid-Atlantic region focus, or is that simply the focus of your acting extravaganza on February 18th in Richmond, Virginia? I, you know, have a lot to offer. I am a master teacher, and 
know, everything from script analyzation and character, you know, deep, deep character development, but also what it's like to budget a film or what it's like to work with a director of photography and, and things like that. So to answer your question, the acting extravaganza is a very specific class that we are holding in Richmond this coming weekend, and it is absolutely for the beginner or seasoned actor, and we will be probably drawing some participants from other states, but the majority of our, our audience will indeed be from the Mid-Atlantic. Okay, and I certainly didn't mean to imply you weren't national because I, I mean, you are everywhere. And how you are a master teacher. I've worked with you in that capacity as well. I've seen you with students with a, a range of experience and how you reach them and find out who they are and bring that out of them for the best uh, performance of a character. So for whatever it's worth, I vote for you too as a master teacher. I also knew you as a casting director, and I would say in, in auditions, you, I know you've heard me say this, casting directors are not always the best directors, but you are certainly the exception to that, because even in an audition situation, your direction brings out, I know, speaking personally, my best performance, there's no question. How do you find other actors in the audition situation, when they're probably nervous or whatever, how do you find their reactions to you in that combo of casting director and director, giving them the direction they need to book the show. Well, thank you, Marcella. There's such kind things to say, and I really enjoy it, and it comes from a place of exploration, and I think one of the most serious parts of my job as a casting director, as well as as an educator, is to create a space place where people can dive deep and explore and discover something new about the character or about the scene and and be comfortable enough that they don't have to do what they quote-unquote practice. Exactly. That that preparation and that practice is maybe their anchor or their foundation, but I want them to fly in Mm. in the other, in another setting. And so, um, it's really, it's a fun, you know, it's not an exercise, it's what I do, but I, I approach it as an exercise. It's always an experiment. Let's see what, what can happen. Let's mm. play. Let's discover something together. And, you know, I may give a direction that is not at all what I intended, and yet the actor comes up with something absolutely brilliant and takes a left turn, and oh my gosh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and so it's always, it's always an unknown. And I think being comfortable in that, place of unknown is really the key to spontaneous work. Yes. So we know there are a lot of projects. You're never not busy. You're on the road now, as a matter of fact, from one busy place back to your uh, headquarters. You are still primarily headquartered in Charlottesville, Virginia? I have to say that, too. I'm not in Charlottesville full-time anymore, but uh, I love, as I've often said to guests, when I'm on uh, southbound 29 and I make that turn and see the Blue Ridge Mountains for the first time, it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. It's like inhaling some degree of uh, renewal. How's that? <laughs> it, it, You know, it's just such a beautiful place. Um, Yeah, exactly. What, tell us about Arvold on YouTube. Oh, boy, this is fun. You know, there, we have a channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's quite common now, but when we started it a number of years ago, it was truly an experiment. And really, it was a bit self-serving because I would get the same questions again and again, mm. whether it was via email or via phone call, and coupled with the fact that Richard Warner and I would sit in kind of this brainstorm. What did we want this education department to do? Mm-hmm. How did we want to go about it? What subjects did we want to tackle, et cetera? And Amy, our director of our education program, would sit with Richard and I as we bantered back and forth. And Amy said, you know, I have to tell you, I think I'm not the only other, 
to say I've seen a recent photograph that you sent me and uh, I think you're as beautiful as ever Aww, thanks. yeah <laughs> well uh, I guess I mean I hear what you're saying it seems to me it is a uh, I mean I hear what also that it, it saves you from having to repeat it over and over but think of all the people the internet and YouTube of course have become a way of life for everyone but especially people who are trying to, who was it that told me this? Um, uh, George C. Scott's wife. I can't think. Uh, I can't think of her name now. Anyway, she she told me once. You know, the actor must always be learning and learning and learning. If you're not in class, you got to be watching and learning. And that um, it's a lesson I've never uh, forgotten. Colleen Dewhurst. So your your uh, YouTube series, because it is a series, as you've mentioned. It, it's there. It, it's there for people to go by topic, by the way. if, it, In other words, an actor wants to find out a specific thing or brush up on a specific thing or learn about it for the first time, it's, it's quite clear what it is this video is about, and they can go and pick and choose and brush up as they will. Why don't we give that website now for, to get to the YouTube videos? All right. Okay, then. And uh, the other thing hello, that's really interesting about the YouTube is that is it's a false but incredibly important is, you know, especially in the Mid-Atlantic and the Southeast, being a, a, a film artist, if you will, mm -hmm. whether you're on crew or an actor, is a somewhat isolating experience. You know, mm. you go to auditions to see solo actors and you go to sets, whether you're working behind the scenes or in front of the camera and you see everyone. But the time in between gigs can be very, very long and very isolating. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that these videos are somewhat of a catalyst of community in our education department. That's why we, you know, pop up in Wilmington and pop up in Atlanta and spend a long weekend or a week or even 10 days 
further on their craft, and mm-hmm. it really is instigating things. And, you know, the YouTube channel is completely philanthropic. I mean, I pay, um, you know, to have it produced. I hire the DP and the editor and all of that, mm-hmm. and I it's free. It's offered free to everybody. And so it's just one of these things I've always felt so passionate about and, mm-hmm. and really think it. Absolutely, and I meant to make that point. Even though you you need to subscribe, I think you mentioned it is free, and I mean it's a gift to anybody who who is, especially those who are interested in actually being a part, whatever hat they wear, of film, television in particular. But even for those who are not necessarily interested in being in the profession but they may have families and friends and they're trying to understand. I was very fortunate my parents understood my love of television and theater and and film, so they were very supportive, but not all performers have that. So they could, even the the performer or the DP or whatever can say to a parent or doubting uncle or whatever, watch this video and you'll see what I'm trying to do here. What do you think? Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's, as you say, it's life lessons. It's about, I mean, and, and certainly making movies and, and, uh, and any art form, but movies and, and television when the camera shows everything, I think you, you can't hide from the camera. Therefore, your life, your personality, your character, uh, all of that, your experience uh, feeds into what the camera shows the rest of us. Oh, yes. And, and we've developed, you know, um, a handful of exercises. We're not, you know, we're not psychotherapists, mm-hmm. nor do we tend to be. But I have, for nearly 30 years, been, you know, hired to kind of judge a, a character or a person at first glance if mm-hmm. they belong into a film, if they belong into a world, mm-hmm. are they going to be kind and pleasant to work with, etc. So this persona class is really a check-in where people can explore how they're perceived, who they are, are they presenting their true essence? Do they mm. even know what their true essence is? Yes. It all comes down to not only knowing yourself, which is very important, but seeing yourself as others see you. We're going to have to take a break now. We're talking to Erica Arvold, the founder of Arvold, A-R-V-O-L-D. We will be right back to talk about some of her many projects. We hope we can get her to tell us some secrets. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Some well-known stand-up comedians are considered modern philosophers. George Carlin, Lenny Bruce, and Louis C.K., to name a few. Another is Bill Hicks, a truly great comic whose short life is documented in American, the Bill Hicks story. 
Starting from humble beginnings in Houston, the film follows Hicks as he nurtures his craft in Texas, travels to Los Angeles to further his career, tours the United States, and then Great Britain. There, he becomes a national sensation through his uniquely asorbic, scorching, and insightful observations of the absurdities of the world around him and us. Employing a mix of interviews with friends and family, footage of Hicks' performances and animation, American paints a portrait of Hicks as a man who began as an entertainer, but found his calling when he realized that if he talked about headier ideas, infusing them with his sometimes caustic, always-in-your-face brand of dark humor, he could become an agent for change in the world. Hicks died of pancreatic cancer when he was only 32. A little-known comic in America, he came into his own overseas and became a megawatt outlaw star. The producers of this insightful doc seek to introduce America to one of its own greats. American, the Bill Hicks story. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today is Erica Arvold, who is the founder of Arvold, A-R-V-O-L-D. She's casting director, producer, and director with 30 years of experience, as she's corrected me. And we've talked a great deal about the educational process, including her generous uh, contribution to uh, talent via YouTube videos and the series, etc. But we want to talk about some of her projects now. Uh, there's a TV series turn. There's, of course, everybody knows about House of Cards and all excited. But I'd like to start out with loving because my grandmama took me. I used to drive her around when just as that was my present. When the crazy Italians weren't all around, she and I would I'd take her wherever she wanted to go in the countryside. In any case, she took me to a house said, stop, I want you to tell you something about this house. And she explained to me it was a mixed marriage and they were facing a lot of hardship and difficulty in Virginia. And she wanted me to know that and remember it. And it had, it, it certainly, I think, still affects my writing and my philosophy, et cetera, my politics. But um, years later, to, to be called in for loving and to see the work, knowing the work of Erica Arvold and then how loving turned out, this is the first time I've had an opportunity to say to ask Erica how she felt about loving. Now that's your turn. Oh my goodness, yeah. It was such an important project to work on and I knew it at the beginning and my casting partner Ann Chapman um, you know, was blue in the face saying, Erica, this is an important thing to do. It's mm. very important. It's a tiny movie, but we have to do it. Yes. And, um, of course, I agreed. And mm-hmm. but, but throughout the process, I mean, I get so obsessed with the process and my job and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that, you know, the kids looked at one another as they grew up throughout time mm-hmm. and made, you know, all of that and that the family members and the best friends and all of the, the speaking roles which we were responsible for were really cast in the most perfect way possible, that there was no alternative other than that person. And I was very specific. However, I have to say, when we had the open call for speaking roles in Caroline County, I, I don't know how, but I think it's because 
guess it was important, and I think there probably was some other reason that maybe I'm unaware of, but mm. it, it just, it changed. And I remember the first interview with the director that I had, and at the time, gay marriage was just a, a federal acceptance of gay marriage, mm-hmm. that you supported gay marriage, it happened. And so we were talking a little bit politically, and it was very obvious that no one was on a political mission with this movie. It mm. was about two people loving each other. Yes. It was a political Mm-hmm. story on purpose, you know, it, just, it, was, a, it was a reflective story and, yes. and, um, and whatnot. And then to see the landscape of politics change while you throughout were, yeah. the process while it was being made, and wow. then all of a sudden, now it's more poignant than ever, and who would have suspected? Mm. And, and I think that in itself is also magical, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just been, it literally has been and will remain a highlight of my career. Wow. And, and, and the people, the people, the, the subject matter is what we're talking about now, but the people involved, from the producer, from the writer-director, every single person had unbelievable professionalism mixed with that little bit of magic mm-hmm. and had fun knowing they were doing something and contributing to something that was very important. Exactly. The, yeah, and the, and the bar was incredibly high creatively, and so it just it just gelled. I, I don't know how often that happens, and I feel very lucky to have experienced it once in my lifetime, put mm. it that way. Mm. And then Jimmy Cagney used to always say, you know, if you get three or four that you are so moved at being a part of it, then consider yourself lucky. <laughs> but this is, yeah, it, yeah. you know, and, I, you know, thanks for reminding me about Caroline County, because obviously my driving my grandma around was quite a long time ago. I'd forgotten we had gone for she took me for a long ride that day. And yes, it was Caroline County. It's just, uh, it's beautiful country anyway. Well, all right. Most people know um, about uh, the big projects that you do, like I mentioned House of Cards, fabulous, um, and uh, Turn, which is uh, uh, also um, a part of Virginia's history now. And I do want to talk about that, but first give us some idea of what's the day-to-day at Arvold? They can't all be a house of cards, are they? <laughs> it is. It is. It's wonderful, and I feel incredibly grateful that we are, have opportunities to do these wonderful shows, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but we also love doing local projects, mm-hmm. and you know, there are times that I really are in, in the Richmond Airport. Sorry, sorry. Excuse me, Charlottesville Airport. Oh yes. You know, help produce cast a spot for Charlottesville Airport. We did Richmond Airport a couple years ago as well. And recently there was a Super Bowl ad um, local in Lynchburg that we cast Hmm. for Carillion. And um, we did a Montpelier ad with um, people who were in still photos. So, you know, you can Uh look at the pictures, a nice pretty color picture in the magazines, and Hmm. we found those people to be in it. And, you know, there are so many jobs that we help either with the production or help find the actors, mm. including these stem films and whatnot, that are much more local, that aren't as fancy schmancy as House of Cards <laughs> or Turn on AMC, but that really is our day-to-day work, and we love it, and, and it's really fun because it gives opportunities to actors and even PAs mm-hmm. and other crew members to get some experience on maybe a smaller scale project you know and then and then they kind of start a career there's been a, a couple people i mean one of my favorite things and certainly in chicago when i lived there and worked from there for years uh, was watching actors grow and i used to have an intern named hannah she goes by hannah james mm-hmm. and she's now a series regular on mercy street oh and wow Yes. Because I, you know, 
these interns and these assistants that I've had, and, and the interns are always through university programs, so they're usually UEA or VCU, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes Longwood and some other colleges, but, you know, they go on to do big things, yes. and I'm so proud of them, and that's how I feel about actors and other film artists that take some of our classes, is, you know, they go on to do really big things, and, and it's so nice to receive an email to say, you know, oh my gosh, I booked this job, and I, you know, took your class four months ago and applied all these things and I don't know maybe that's the daughter of a professor talking but it really is fulfilling you know mm-hmm. that's a necessary part of it and certainly casting these local projects is a parallel because I remember when I was doing Lincoln the, the Steven Spielberg Lincoln um, and uh, in the middle of it we had a little bit of a respite and I took a local commercial on and I remember mm. the director and writer of the local commercial came into my office and at the time Lincoln wasn't even being referred to as Lincoln it was very very um, under the radar we yes. could say exactly yes. what we were working on it was very secretive at the time but in my office I had all the black and white photos of all uh. the real that I was matching. Yes, and I remember that. And, and, and so with this, this small local project, the director and writer came in for auditions and they kind of looked around the room but didn't say anything because I always <laughs> have pictures of and, and a number of months later, after it was public that we were doing Lincoln, I remember the director called me and said, that's what you were doing all <laughs> Absolutely. I, I remember once when I, I was in rehearsal doing a show for Bob Chapewood, University of Virginia Heritage Theater, and it was taking a little longer. He was working with the other actors, and at one point uh, uh, the stage manager said, you know, Marcello's still waiting, and Bob, without missing a beat, he didn't even look at my direction. He says, are you kidding? Marcello loves the process. We could be here all day and he'd be happy. And it- it was true, uh, uh, but it is true if you love this. And another thing I love about you, Erica, as much as you are a, a directing, casting director for the actors, you never, ever, ever forget to mention the other artists in the film and television production. You seem to have an affinity for the people behind the camera and beside the camera, even the beginners that I've always been impressed with and so patient with uh, I've like I've auditioned when you've had uh, an intern that you were teaching uh, you know we all just had a grand time together they learned and I did my best and I just wanted to say that because I know a number of production people who've worked with you and they've always said immensely impressive things even my good friend Peter who's just been talking to you about a, a possible project but let's do talk about turn everyone wants to hear is this indeed Turn's final uh, season, or can you tell us? It, it, as far as I know, that is the case, absolutely. The, um, you know, it was the fourth and final season mm-hmm. that was ordered, and uh, that there's nothing contrary to that whatsoever. And it's been a really wonderful experience thus far. We just are just finished casting 404, which mm-hmm. is the fourth episode out of the ten. Um, for the fourth and final season, and there's an awareness that this is the final season, mm-hmm. and it almost makes everyone kind of revel in it just a bit more than typical, and so it's been a really positive season so far, and it, it's always been a positive show. Yes. Really, really, everyone's got, you know, the process down. I mean, it is a machine. A series becomes quite a machine and mm-hmm. a well-oiled machine at that Not at all. Are <laughs> you asking me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, fascinating study, and I wish I could tell you exactly what 
NPR, but I'm not positive. They took a Broadway show, and they did kind of three scenarios of the people developing a Broadway show, and they took the group that had just had a hit and not changed anything about all of the people involved in developing the new show. Mm-hmm. They took um, all new people and put the top of their game, but everyone together in a room. So it was the same and then completely different. And then the third group were, um, you know, mainly the same people, but they added a couple of wild cards in there and maybe at least I believe at least one head of a department that was new and unfamiliar with kind of the old regime. Mm. And they found that to ensure the next Broadway most popular hit, that's mm-hmm. they were trying to find formula to repeat this, essentially, is what they were, they were after. Sure. And they found that not, the same regime was absolutely not guaranteed for another hit. Brand new people that all at the top of their game who had never worked together before was not the magic ratio. The mm. magic was the the regime that knew each other that was great but a one or two or possibly even three if i remember correctly heads of departments was different so that everyone was just a bit on their toes still ah. and i feel like i feel like um completely unconsciously and i think this is the way life turned out mm-hmm. that it, every season of every season of any show I've ever worked on previously has always been like that because inevitably someone is not available or you know gets another job or whatnot but it's been like that um, in a really positive way as these four years of turn have come into production and, sure. and it's really and Richmond is unbelievable the, the training mm-hmm. speaking probably probably uh, in almost Virginia film office terms but I so agree with it. The training that a television series provides crew is incredible because it's you know it's not rinse and repeat in a um, you know <laughs> informal way. It is truly a practice again and again. And I think that going back to our YouTube videos, back to our education, is this this film business mm-hmm. is a practice. Whether it is a grip or a gaffer, or a director of photography, or a director, or an actor. This isn't a career where the end goal is, okay, now I'm that, and mm. now I'll be hired. For mm-hmm. that. It's like mm-hmm. a, a doctor. Doctor practices. A, a lawyer practices. Yes. You know? And I think that we all as film artists practice, and that, that's really the gift that Turin has given us all here in the Mid-Atlantic, is, is the Exactly. That's a lesson for me, too. I appreciate that. I'm wondering, how much are you or any casting director involved in getting these projects to Virginia? Do you campaign for them? What, what do you, are you a part of that process? Mm-hmm. You have to have somewhere to shoot. 
and you know the diversity of Virginia from the gorgeous mountains of Giles mm. County where we shot you know, mm-hmm. Wish You Well in October and November when the trees were changing mm. to the ocean front where you could do you know I think Captain Phillips was shot off of the coast there yes you know and there's so many different environments and then of course in Richmond, as you know, we have, you know, a White House set. Yes. And we also have, you know, the Capitol. Yes. Um, you know, and, and things that were really, are, are transformed quite easily and have been transformed before. That You have a great diversity in locations here in Virginia, and I think that's one of the biggest calling cards for production. Wonderful. I want one quick story. We're both digressing, but it's all at the same point. Um, I recently, because of another assignment, uh, had occasion to go to the Richmond General Assembly. And, of course, I had been there, thanks to you, in uh, Lincoln. And, of course, that's what was in my memory because it was it's so intense with Spielberg and Lincoln at the General Assembly in Richmond, Virginia, that that was my memory of it. And when I saw it, in its natural state, shall we say, I was all all over again impressed with how much uh, could be done with a film production company to create uh, the the ambiance, the atmosphere, the physical appearance of real American history. Tell us, how can actors uh, besides YouTube, how do they uh, get seen by you? How, uh, what do they do? The uh, a website, we know it's Arbold. Uh, but tell us, how do people, actors and production people, get to experience your experience? Well, you're absolutely right. YouTube, um, our Bold YouTube channel, as well as ourbold.com, the website, are wonderful starts. Mm-hmm. Also, if one just likes to email, period, just email info at ourbold.com, and there is an auto-reply that will give you way more information than you probably ever expected, but mm. it does get very specific about if you're interested in education, here's where you should do. If you're interested in production, mm. this is what you should do. If you're interested in acting, this is this is what you should do. Mm. So um, that's a wonderful, you know, direct, direct way to get more information, info okay. at ourbold.com. All right, excellent. I guess we have to go. Don't want to. <laughs> Having trouble ending this interview. All right. Um, we have been talking to the founder of Arbold, Erica Arbold herself, uh, who is casting director, producer, and director, and has done many things all over America for actors all over the world and those in film and television production as well. We thank you so much, Erica, for being on the show today and look forward to seeing you again sometime and talking to you anytime. How's that? Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All the best now. You too. Bye-bye. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Not Fade Away would likely never have been made had it not been written and directed by David Chase, who enjoyed tremendous success with HBO's The Sopranos. This film was his passion project, a semi-autobiographical account of coming of age when flower power was in blossom. In Hollywood films, straight lines usually lead to tidy endings, but here we are focused on the arbitrary nature of life's offered path and the impossibility of perfection. Chase is known as a keen observer of important moments. He also loves and understands the power within the music of the 60s, an essential element in this story of friends forming a rock band and trying to make it big. But the path to be somebody is never an easy one, and human nature is a constant interference. This is the story of a confident young man beginning to discover there is no easy world where blissful dreams flower to abundance. Who is not fade away for? For those who shared this special time. For those who experimented, who felt passion in the music, who would have changed the world with dream-perfect lovers at their sides, if only... 
We go on to other lives, but oh, what possibilities were once so real. Not fade away, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Choosing our denial. Climate, choice, immigrants. We can run or run for office. We can hide in pizza pies or big-screen Trump lies. Or, despite our antebellum attorney general, get in the pink of peaceful assembly for justice and equality for all. We can be Earth's stewards. Or watch our ship of state beached by Wall Street whales. We can fight for mutual respect, walk the walk, signs aplumb. Or, bearing bygone pom-poms, sigh at the demise of we shall overcome. We can band together against being banned, facing off conservative restrictions before the parade passes by with a farewell to welcoming arms. Or we can get off the sidelines, renewed in the knowledge that America is not a part-time job, for civic, civility, and unity are the pillars of citizenship. We can regret not being the heroes of change we long to reflect, or courageously contribute to all hands on deck. We can accept the serenity of what we created but are unable to change, or change our projectile, remembering to let it begin with me, or settle for those who will never know the difference. We can choose to disgrace ourselves like a cyclical cicada infestation, or challenge what is past is prologue with the audacity of an open mind, the daring of a brave heart, and the fortitude of a moral march. Or we can feign non-duplicity with a despot who, after duping so many, is but a harmless joke, and watch America's greatness finally slip away under voter ID yoke. We can stand tall, proud descendants of Ellis Island invaders, bequeathing our children's children respect for Standing Rock, and a multicultural legacy, as did immigrant George Morikami, or choose to either mock Obama, sharing Pearl Harbor Memorial with Japanese Prime Minister Abe, or immigrant First Lady, taking Madame Aki Abe to Palm Beach, Florida, Japanese Garden, as though she'd never seen such a botanical before. Robert Frost, notwithstanding, walls, as a rushing to catch up polluted China nose, keep both within and without. From China we can learn, ignore the global call, or bound feet, banned thinking, and family limitations yielded to immigration benefits, Marco Polo. Giacomo Puccini and visiting Olympians. There is little that can restrain informed advocacy, restrict peaceful activism, or wall out a dream. The Underground Railroad saved men, women, and children from slavery without a single rail. We can choose the golden rule or red mapping, choose to deny lessons of a trumped presidency. 1. Despite politicized Supreme Court, congressional obstructionism of President Obama, and a fourth estate mired in ratings war muckraking, we have a judicial branch of government still defending our checks and balances system and First Amendment rights against he who would be king. 2. The Women's March of January 21, 2017 was a massive repudiation by women and men of every heritage, creed, ethnicity, and persuasion of Donald Trump, the Koch brothers, religious and racial bigotry, and GOP war on women. And the world listened and joined us, as they had immediately after 9-11-2001. 3. The Moral Marches travel ban airport protests and response of Republican voters in town hall meetings of GOP leadership prove we can still be the United States of America. Whether we deny climate change or climate change deniers, Trump and the company he keeps can never deny us the architecture of our character, the diversity of our arts, the music of our hearts, nor literature of our minds that preserve, protect, and defend the theater of our national soul. 
leaders of both major political parties need stop asking for votes by preaching to the choir, seeking political positions in private forums, and knocking at the doors of reversal in secret congressional conspiracy. Instead, follow your followers to the streets, for it is there that real patriots have taken the challenge of legitimacy of America's elections and victory for America's constitution. Want to relieve Trump of his duties? Get in the way. Thank you. Now join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.